Yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project podcast. Listening more specifically to a series, a small contained series of unscripted kind of rambling episodes that I'm producing while in the process of moving out of my little Havana apartment. And the thing I made some notes about that I was going to mention today is the process of moving, which I've been procrastinating and I'm still procrastinating and it's gonna get worse. One of the major things that I'm doing is kind of reducing everything that I have. I don't have very much, but I am moving from a small space to a smaller space. And as I said, I don't have very much. I I was saying to someone recently, I think I maybe have a thousand pounds of possessions, but I think it's a little less than that. But apart from my books, and my bed. The heaviest category of possessions that I have is this gigantic cardboard box just beside my bed in the corner of the room. And inside that box, I have maybe 45 or 50 spiral notebooks. I filled these notebooks over the past 10 years and every, some they're all college ruled. Some of them have five subjects, some of them have two subjects, but every single one of them is filled from on every single page from corner to corner with what was once my very small, fine, elegant handwriting before Carpal Tunnel blew it up into these gigantic sclerotic caterpillars that I currently do on paper. But in these notebooks are, you know, early drafts of blog posts, and what seems like more resonant is these are all the early handwritten drafts of the six novels that I wrote prior to Cuba Fruit, or five? Anyways, hundreds and hundreds of pages of these very incredibly flawed, not very good books, books that I could not get published once I had finally typed them up and submitted them to draft after draft after draft. But they have, like, a lot of personal meaning to me, to be able to hold in my hand all these thousands of pages of fuck-ups. Like, it took so many, it's, it's just this monument, this tower. Being able to look at that tower, it does something to reaffirm sort of how far I've gone, how much growth there has been. I think Sylvia Plath was the author who said I put, well, she, she was in the habit of putting her rejection slips all over the wall right above her desk. And she said, I love looking at my rejection slips because they remind me that I try. And I think I've got some sort of emotional thing going on with respect to those notebooks. They remind me that, yeah, I'm not exactly where I want to be. I still write horrible shit uh, more often than not but they also give me but they also give me some confidence because if i'm inclined to just dismiss my skills entirely i can look at those notebooks and i can be like all right maybe i'm not writing up to my standard right now but right there is just the past decade of of fiction work evidence that i've gone the distance and written an entire book several times before and not only did i write those entire books I submitted them to several drafts, and then I submitted them to agents, and I got, like, uniformly rejected. But each one of those books got a, got a, got a cozier, kind of more interested rejection, a more confidence-building rejection 
than, the, than its predecessor. And what that kind of empirically shows is that I, I would write a book, I would fuck it up, I would work really hard at perfecting it, I would fuck it up, and then I learned a lesson. And each successive book got a cozier and cozier response until finally with Cuba Fruit, I had several agents requesting the full thing, and it came down to the line, and I was talking with a few of them. So, anyways, just having these notebooks around, there is some sort of emotional connection, I feel, to them. But... As much as they matter to me, and some of them, as I said, go back 10 years, I have not opened a single one of them in the four years that I have lived in this apartment. And maybe that's because they weren't readily accessible, but also, whenever I do have spare time for creative work, like, I fucking pack it. I, I do a lot of shit. So even if those notebooks had been on very prevalent display and very readily accessible, the odds of my having ever taken them down from the shelf just to page through them and read my own worst drafts of the books that could not be published because nobody was interested, why the fuck would I do that? And you can say, yeah, it's sentimental value, but am like, it would be one thing if the sentimental to value was a keychain that a grandparent gave me, but this is like 120 pounds of scrap paper, of notebooks and manuscripts, things with no real value for anyone else. And it seems like very little value for me, except the fact that I want them around. I can't actually use them. And it, it reminded me that... A, wh a while ago, I was helping a friend move out of a place, and I found, this is someone I'd, I'd gone to high school with, and I found a little notebook in which this friend of mine had just page after page after page, almost for the entire notebook. He had just practiced his autograph. My friend is a professional now and very contentedly employed. Everything has pretty much worked out unless there's something going on in his mind where he thinks his life is a failure and I don't know about it, I don't think that's the case. But without his having ever expressed any particular ambition when we were younger, I did always get the sense, and I think he tried to present this, he wanted other people to have it too, that he was going to, he, that he wanted to be famous and he fully expected to be famous. And I remember thinking there was something kind of sad about coming across this notebook, which is a vestige of his weird, naive, adolescent convictions that just by merit of being himself, someday, someone would really like his autograph. And he is a very humble guy, so I don't really know what those ambitions were about, unless it was just, you know, the the flightiness of being a teenager. We were teenagers at sort of, not the dawn, of, like, let's say the adolescence of social media. But in thinking about his adolescent sort of highfalutin ambitions and his sense of himself as this grand figure, it made me think, why am I... Okay, with respect to my keeping all of these first drafts of the early books that I could not publish, is it possible that there is some little ego demon in my chest who secretly thinks that one day I am going to be such a fucking huge big shot writer that in like 2065, there's gonna be PhD students who want to go into my archive at some university and, and look at my handwritten manuscripts for these books that never made it. And I, th I think that ego demon is there. And the thing is, I am so mortified by the presence of that ego demon. That ego demon is so patently ridiculous, so conspicuously laughable, that I never engage with him. Instead, I just defer to his commands, his preferences. So when I am toting from apartment to apartment this fucking 120 pound box 
of old notebooks and manuscripts, I hear the ego demon whisper, keep those manuscripts, you're gonna be famous, everybody's gonna wanna look at them. And because I'm so mortified by the ego demon, I don't, I don't interact, I don't talk to him, I just go, okay, ego demon, go away. And so, and I defer. He says, keep the box, okay, I don't wanna confront my ego demon, so I'm just gonna keep the box. But, if I were to summon the ego demon out of my chest and just be like, okay, why do I, why should we keep these notebooks? And the ego demon would say, because you're going to be super famous, you're going to be so famous that you're going to be in the, the canon of literature and all these college kids are going to want to be like, hey, what was he thinking in the first draft of Horny Nuns? And then they're going to write dissertations about like the shit that you wrote out of R. It is so fucking ridiculous. If I, if I had just summoned the ego demon and had that conversation with him, I would have thrown these notebooks out years ago, years ago, and I could have, I could have had, you know how they say like, oh, if you, you know, you, if you clean your bedroom, you will unfuck your mind. That is not medical terminology, but I, that's how the quote was being circulated on Twitter. My room has been so cramped these past four years, and I'm so prone to like seizing anxiety-ridden panic attacks. I genuinely wonder, would my mind, would my life have been less cluttered, less I just had more sunlight in it if that gigantic box of old manuscripts of failed writing projects had not been looming in the corner of the room beside my bed. Anyways, this is all to say that I have fucking conversed with the ego demon and I'm throwing away all, almost all of those notebooks. I am conceding for sentimental value. I'm going to keep one of them, but for the most part, that's all going in the fucking garbage. And so is a lot of other shit. Hopefully I can throw away most of it in the next, like, 36 hours. Anyways, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.